welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast, the podcast where the topics will vary because they play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiscus, Brady Liming, and Todd Griffin. Welcome to episode number eight of the Play It By Ear podcast. And uh, we are practicing our social distancing, and we have pre recorded a lot of shows here, and this is our first socially distanced recording, and we're all in different locations here uh, for episode eight. So we're trying out some new software. We're going to try to work through that. So please bear with us as I say good evening to Mr. Griffin. Howdy, howdy. And good evening, Mr. Liming. I bid you good eve. All right, and you know the premise of our show. Uh, We all come to the table with a topic, and we discuss those topics for 20 minutes apiece. And uh, right before we go into all that, we will remind you that our podcast can be found at anchor.fm backslash play it by ear podcast. That's our homepage. Plus, our podcast can also be found at Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and uh, a host of other places where you find those sorts of things. So uh, please look us up. And uh, also want to say thank you very much for the first two tweets to our Play It By Ear pod number two. And you're here. Uh, account. You're here, uh, Trevor. Yes. You are the first tweet we ever got. So uh, thank you very much for your input on our Brown County Fair episode. And also shout out to Joe Pilger from Illinois, Monmouth, Illinois, who sent us our second tweet. So that avenue is open. You can also search us out on Facebook at Play It By Ear Podcast. So there's a numerous group of places you can find us and interact with us. And we always uh, look forward to seeing what you have to say, because otherwise it's just kind of us talking to ourselves. <laughs> but uh, it seems like we do have a a good core of followers who have been making a lot of comments on Facebook about different things. And usually it's things that we've missed. You know, we get to talking about and we go off on tangents and really good things like, uh, for example, Italian sausage. Thank you, David Roberts. Uh, Speaking of that from the Brown County fair food topic. uh, That is, that was a tasty little dish as well. So uh, I I would like to go on the record, uh, Dave, that I always wanted to try one of those as a kid. And I finally did it as an adult and it was excellent. It scared me off as a kid, but I finally did it. Well, and you also had some different reservations as well, did you not? And I, I won't have you go into specifics on that, but it uh, had to do with our ever popular intestinal distress piece. <laughs> well, that was before yeah, the gallbladder came out. Yeah. That was always, you know. You definitely didn't need to give the girls a reason to dump you at the fair. Well, that's true. And I had plenty of those. Enough. It's an enough. Uh, thank you, Doug, for that little story, too. <laughs> so, well, one uh, thing, Eric, if I can one more interrupt you, sorry. Uh, you brought up a good point there. It, we've, we've said it a few times, but, you know, we do not rehearse for these. You know, we may jot down a note or two right before we record. You know, we may shoot a couple ideas back and forth right before hitting the record button. But we want this to be organic and, and natural, you know, have a natural flow to it. So we do realize that we miss a lot of opportunities. And usually it's when we're listening to it once it's been released that we start seeing these opportunities missed. And that will probably call for some return episodes 
so we definitely hear you when you when you throw those shout outs uh, at us about missing things because uh, we we definitely hear them as well. So keep them coming and give us more ideas. And and like I said, usually our missed moments come as a result of your topic or your uh, comments to our topics. So uh, as Todd said, keep them coming. Mm-hmm. With that, we are off to our first topic of the evening, and we will turn that over to Mr. Griffin. All right. Well, thank you very much. You know, I personally have been doing a lot of eating lately, and I I can tell from some of the uh, Facebook memes and some of the Facebook posts from various people that I'm not the only one eating right now. And uh, I think we're eating for many reasons, but I think one of the reasons we're eating is comfort. So I thought maybe comfort foods would be a good topic to kick things off on episode, on this episode. So I'd like to start out by asking, you know, if you had to just the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear comfort food, what would that be? And can we give credit here first? Cause I do want to do that. Uh, a lot of times we'll search around for ideas and come across different things. Sometimes it's people we know who've done things and sometimes obviously not, but uh, this particular thing was as a result of a poll by a friend of mine, Dave Shoemaker, who uh, some of you may know used to be the head basketball coach at Paint Valley High School, and now he's a board member in the Paint Valley Local School District. But uh, I guess in his boredom, on his blog, he's been doing some polls and uh, came across this one, and we thought uh, we could probably give a, a few minutes discussion on that. So uh, there's my footnote to you, Dave. Thanks a lot. And uh, Thank you, Dave. You there, Thank you. Oh, that's fine. Thank you, Dave. So, Brady, what would what do you think if the you know the first thing that pops into your head when you hear comfort foods? Well, it, it's easy for me, and believe it or not, I had to reference back to the Broome County Fair episode when um, I'm stressed out. I like my carbs. When I want to feel comfortable, I want my carbs, and my favorite way of getting carbs is cinnamon rolls. A big old you know pan of fresh made cinnamon rolls, either the kind that I make myself in the oven or um, like the brown candy for like the big old manhole size covered. You know, <laughs> bigger than a cat's head. Bigger than a cat's head. <laughs> that you had to trap in a room and fight off. And um, was that a tiger something? Tiger King there? reference? No, yeah, I just. It, maybe it could be. There's also a reference back to a past episode about uh, a room not being big enough to, what is it? Whip a cat's ass. That, that would be it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How big a room does one need to do that? But there are cat head biscuits. What was that? There are cat head biscuits. That is a thing. Cat but, head that, biscuits. That'd be a great band name. There, yeah, look it up. There's cat head biscuits. And I, I never I never really thought of a cat having a big head, but I guess it's all relative. Like, you know. Exactly. I've never heard of that. But, yeah, um, yeah cinnamon rolls, definitely a comfort food. Lots of icing, um, lots of sugar where you eat it, and then you feel like you weigh 3,000 pounds and you collapse in a heap on your couch with, uh, <laughs> with a button of your pants undone because you're just spilling over, your gut is spilling over with carby cinnamon roll goodness. I get it. Don't you like, I know I've seen in the past, I, I remember you making some Facebook posts as you, you know, maybe right after you've made some cinnamon rolls don't you make the orange the orange rolls are actually one of my favorites it is uh i i i have um i have a deep 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 love for these orange rolls because the only way i've ever seen them is actually in the uh pillsbury brand that you have to get at the you know 
refrigerated case at your supermarket. I've not been out and about at a bakery or uh, and ever seen them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just super, super awesome. And I, I love them dearly. And, um, you know, Cause they don't have a heavy orange flavor, do they? I mean, they're not like eating a zesty orange. I mean, it's it, it is a sweet kiss of citrus goodness. Gotcha. Not to sound too uh, foodie there. Use marketing campaign as sweet kiss of what, what was that again? Sweet kiss of sweet citrus of citrusy goodness. Pillsbury, you can contact me to be your pitch man. Um, and that's right before you poke the little doughboy in the in the belly, right? Nicely <laughs> <laughs> done. Yeah, I, I I often wonder in today's litigious society if uh, the Pillsbury doughboy would start filing lawsuits for getting poked in the gut too much. <laughs> but um, but yeah, definitely cinnamon rolls. Um, Another one that comes to mind, just a second favorite, um, is good old, now don't laugh at my description of this, not macaroni and cheese, not like the craft variety, but the, the homemade kind of macaroni and cheese that mom would make. And oh, I yes. guess it's goodness. It should not be creamy. No, it should be a rubbery brick. It should <laughs> hold it its form. I should be able to take this macaroni and bounce it off the floor like silly putty. So I agree. That, yeah. It should be abrasive. It should have some rough roughage to the top, some some edges, <laughs> some crust. Yes, some, crust. some handles. I like it a little. <laughs> ah, indeed. I like it a little burned around the top, around the the you know the, the burned cheese uh, coating at the top. Okay. A little bit. There's there's one more piece to this whole recipe that we've missed with the macaroni and cheese. Like you said, a brick, a rubbery brick. Yes, that, that's very good. <laughs> Crusty, yes, absolutely. With pinches of bread cooked on the top. I've, yes, that's a that's an old sardine elementary. I believe they had some yeah. toast. You know, Lu- Lucille Hardyman special. There you yeah. go. Just when you think you couldn't add more carbs to a dish like macaroni and cheese, throw some bread on top of it. Well. Let's, let's look at what's happened to that comfort food. You can get macaroni and cheese pizzas. Yes. Uh, yes. Macaroni and cheese deep fried, fried macaroni and cheese. cheese. Yes. Yes. What, what was that last thing you said? Fried the, macaroni and fried, cheese. Yeah. And uh, sandwiches. Yes. Yes. Uh, there was, oh, you got your uh, things like lobster macaroni and cheese without adding. I'm not a fan of lobster, but I, I know that, you know. Robster crawls. <laughs> Yeah, that, that doesn't sound reference. good. Does not sound good at all. So oh, uh, should not as, go in macaroni. As as far as comfort foods, I, and I, assuming we'll all agree with this statement, that one basis of comfort food is that it must be full of carbs. And I think Brady, that's one of the things you said originally, that it has to be carby goodness to be considered a comfort food. Now there are some things people eat just because they like them. But I think to be a true comfort food in my mind anyway, which my opinion's like, you know, my kidneys, I have one or two, but um, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully, yeah. as far as I know, anyway, carbs are the basis of a comfort food. I would agree. Uh, Yes. Yeah. That's a fair statement. In fact, I would be shocked if any of the comfort foods that we talk about 
or even our listeners could, you know, maybe think of, I would say carbs want to be in every one of them. Yes. So would, would Italian food be a subset of made up of mostly comfort type foods? Mm. Yes. It, it has all the items. You have the garlic bread, you have the carby noodles, you have meaty uh, sauce. Usually I, I could go along with that. I'm going to throw another thing in with carbs that is almost a must for me with and cheese. Cheese. I think cheese is going to be a big part of any comfort food as well. And you definitely have to have cheese with the Italian stuff. I, I think there's no doubt about that too. And and probably goes along with the carbs. Yeah. It just, just, a again, you talk about macaroni and cheese. It just, <laughs> yeah. Obviously the cheese is a, a co-star in that particular dish. So Fiscus, would that be your, you know, the first thing that pops into your head as a comfort food, would it be something Italian? Again, I, I would say as far as subsets of foods or uh, I guess uh, different nationalities of foods, uh, different uh, types of foods, I would say that uh, Italian food has the greatest number of comfort foods in it. Yes, I would agree with that. Being a pasta-based food set. Mm-hmm. When I think of comfort foods, obviously... I kind of you know, call back to my childhood and things that I still occasionally return to my parents' house to eat. Uh, meatloaf, I think, is, is definitely a staple in the comfort food realm. And my, my parents, actually, my mom makes something we call crazy meatloafs. And they are basically just little miniature meatloafs. So it's a picture, like a, ham- yeah, picture like a hamburger patty. Uh, but it, it's it's thicker and it's it's meatloaf. And another thing that I prefer my meatloaf to be stuffed with bread. I know I've seen people use like oats. Um, I think maybe crackers. But bread is a once again mentioning the bread thing. Uh, so I think most meatloafs are made with bread crumbs as an ingredient. Yes, but some aren't. Some aren't. But yeah, I, I prefer bread crumbs or chunks of bread. And so we get these mini meatloafs and again, they're there. You feel a little bit better about yourself because you don't feel like you're eating as much, but when you, when it's all said and done, you've eaten 19 crazy meatloafs. Uh, it's all about the same. It sticks to your ribs. Um, I want to ask a question quickly though. It's um, when I think of crazy meatloaf, I think of a crazy big meatloaf, like half of a cow. I don't tie, I, I don't tie the meatloaf sanity to its smallness. I, I, I tie the mental stability of the meatloaf to its bigness. I, I so your, off. your take on meatloaf is like a fun size candy bar. A, a fun size candy bar as marketed is not fun to me. It needs to be as big as the table to be fun to me. Yeah. So that's your yeah. on meatloaf. And we're not well, saying it's fun. We're saying it's uh, it, we're saying it's crazy. So by our definition, we would have very sane meatloaf if it took if it took up the whole table. Well, maybe maybe they're looking at it like kind of like Eric's. It's crazy to have a fun size candy bar. That is yeah, true. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. It, along those same lines, I remember always having these I don't know what you call them. They were little mini hamburger patties. And we had a brown gravy boat thing that was as old as I was. And it was just, it was, it was just, 
oozing over the edge with brown gravy and these little mini hamburgers swimming around in this brown gravy. And of course, you you had your mashed potatoes, another comfort food staple. And you essentially you like just say it. It's like you a comfort food staple. So whatever those things are called, we just call them little hamburgers, mini hamburgers, whatever. And again, mashed potatoes, brown gravy, and these little miniature uh, meat discs. <laughs> well, you know what I thought of when I said comfort food casserole? And it made me think back to the J&R restaurant in Sardinia. Here, here. Hot shot. Hot shot, yes. Well, you want to put some uh, comfort food power foods together. <laughs> you, put, uh, you put roasted beast, <laughs> potatoes, and the gravy, and the bread. Oh, yes. Single. And the bread has to be cut corner to corner, diagonal, on a hot shot. Agreed. That, yes. Now, I love a turkey hot shot. I love a roast beast hot shot. Um, I've never been courageous enough to try the, the, the meatloaf. But, by the way, guys, we can't do this episode and not let everybody in where we mispronounce words where we like to call meatloaf Miatloaf. <laughs> Usually that's based upon the singer, Miatloaf, yes. not yes. the food. It also applies to when I see it on a menu, I still uh, get confused looks. Was like, I think I'm going to have the Miatloaf. Uh, <laughs> or the anyway. roast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up though, Eric, about, you know, cause I, I grew up as, as a small child going to my grandparents' restaurant, and uh, you know, she was definitely a very, very good cook. And oh, quality food! Yes, quality uh, food. But I think that you hit the nail on the head. Family and not weigh three hundred pounds. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I think you hit the nail on the head too. I think hot shot. A hot shot. If you if if you didn't catch that, you don't know what a hot shot is. Again, it's a combination of gravy, meat, bread, and mashed potatoes. So I don't know that you can find a more fitting comfort food than that. If it had a cinnamon roll stuffed inside of it. <laughs> for dessert. So that that's a good segue there. And I Brady already brought up the, the cinnamon rolls. Are there any dessert foods that would be considered comfort foods? Um I actually just I, I took the liberty of asking a very good friend right before we start recording and I asked them what their comfort food was, and their response was ice cream. And I said, okay, I'll take the bait. What flavor ice cream? And I was surprised to find it to be butter pecan. 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 And did, did you get an explanation on why that is? Uh, just, I guess, it's, oh, not to sound like a smart anus, it, it's uh, comforting, I guess, like when you're stressed Butter-y? out like that. You like that buttery, sweet goodness. So um, not much of an explanation given, but that was the answer. Um, I, I got it. Uh, okay. I, I do comfort foods. I also like my Little Debbie Swiss cake rolls. Takes me back to my childhood and comfort. Yeah, you got your Little Debbies and your Dolly Madisons. They definitely are in that. And, and Little Debbie's, I, are Little Debbie's more of a regional thing? I mean, can you get a Little Debbie, let's say, in California? I don't know. That is a great question. Uh, I cannot imagine my life without Petite Deborah in my, in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, speak of 
which one of you brought up that everyone's eating since we're all stuck in the house and someone had a meme. There was little Debbie on one side and after the, the lockdown, it's going to be, I can't remember what they said, but it was basically little Debbie with three chins. And Yeah, I've seen that. Wasn't there like a whole meme with little Debbie as the main character, but it was like they were, they were, she was meshed with other famous people like the, like it was like little Debbie, but with Michael Jackson's face, it was like little Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you just broke me. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to steal credit for that, but I think it's real. Look it up. <laughs> I can't now. I won't be able to continue. I hurt right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys couldn't see it, but I uh, grabbed my crotch when I said that. So, uh, <laughs> well, we certainly couldn't see that. <laughs> I had to hit the high note somehow. <laughs> oh, uh, we have a three and a half minute warning, by the way. So, uh, rounding out our discussion for the next three and a half minutes on comfort foods, uh, we've talked about, and I will say something about the dessert piece. Now, we have comfort foods that uh, mimic desserts but are actually i guess main courses as far as breakfast goes and brady again brought up the the cinnamon roll i will bring up pancakes nice flapjacks if you will (laughs) if you will yes thank you dusty roads i i I do i do love me some pancakes um although uh i kind of uh, I've been made fun of about this a lot because uh, one of my favorite pancakes to get at the old IHOP is with the either apple cinnamon topping or the strawberry topping. But man, they just emasculate you by making you order the Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity <laughs> off the menu. It's like, man, just let me order pancakes. They went to say that, is there? Well, it was, it, let me add a little more context. It, it would be like after a show. And we would be going into maybe IHOP. It was IHOP. And SJ would order, like, I'll take the uh, Buffalo Southwest omelet. And I'd be like, okay, I want four egg omelets and, you know, potatoes and bread. (laughs) And Brady's like, yeah, I'll take the Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity. It's like, you just, you can't follow up those, you know. I think the the only way you can get away with saying Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity with anything of a semblance of manliness is if you said it like Festus on Gunsmoke. <laughs> French and fruity. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm a pancake guy too. Uh, you know, roses are red, violets are purple. Pancakes are good with maple syrup. That's all I got to You broke me again, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nicely done. Oh. Okay, so the the final, I'm going to steer away from circle right away. <laughs> uh, the, the final breakfast staple, I guess you could throw in as a comfort food, are donuts. Spell D O donut. Spell D O nuts or D O U G H nuts. H nuts. A shout out to our friend Doug who liked his. Krispy Kreme donuts, but he would always say it in his signature style, his crispy, creamy Doug H. nuts. <laughs> because you gotta throw that silent H in there. Yeah, I, 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 I will say a Long John with uh, 
It custard? Comforting. Yeah. With, well, no, 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 no custard. Oh, see, I got to have the Bavarian cream over the regular mm-hmm. cream. No. Oh, yeah. I had to have the custard over the icing stuff. No, let's, do icing. Our, let's do our first poll. Maybe after this episode, we release it. Let's do a poll and see if if which gets the most votes, the, the long john with the white fluffy icing or the long john with the... The Bavarian custard. Yeah, yeah. That's a good poll. I, yes. We'll do that. We'll put that on Facebook. Or we can put on Twitter, Facebook, and, both. We'll do that. And, and if you're confused, oh. this might help a little bit, maybe. Um, if you go to uh, Dunkin' Donuts, it's the difference between the Bismarck and the Boston cream. You, you got what I need. <laughs> he said Bismarck. Oh. Bismarck. <laughs> Oh, you say he's just a friend. <laughs> you say you like the cream. Oh, baby, you. So, uh, we, we've reached the end of our discussion on comfort foods in our first 20 minutes. So, again, we'll put that poll out there on Facebook and Twitter, and you can give us your take on your favorite type of long john. And uh, we'll be anxious to see those results. Yes, sir. So moving along, I think it's to me now. And uh, this is something we've been talking about, and we've had several different music topics. And I I kept coming back in my mind to um, what music, and it could be a band, it could be a a particular song, if a band maybe was a a one-hit wonder or whatever. What particular song, band, music constitutes in your life a guilty pleasure and when this first came into my mind was i was driving home from mount orb and uh ronnie Millsap came on yeah oh yeah now uh ronnie Millsap, if you don't know if you're one of our younger listeners uh, ronnie Millsap's heyday was probably i'm guessing mid late 70s early 80s yeah Old country music, not not the poppy country music like it is today. I mean, just good old country, not the twangy stuff. There was that little area of country music between the really twangy stuff and then what it's become today, which probably these people today would have been rock bands back in the seventies. But now I'll call it bro country, like bro country. That's good. That's that's a good moniker there. So uh, Ronnie Millsap and. Uh, uh, listening to, and I can't remember which particular song it was. Smoky Mountain Rain. Yes, it was Smoky Mountain Rain. I think there we had talked about that. Yeah. When we talked about the topic. Smoky Mountain Rain, Ronnie Millsap. And I thought, man, this is, I'm, and I'm I'm doing the, the whole rocking out thing in the car. And I'm like, hey, this, this is a guilty pleasure. Because if some people saw me kind of rocking out to this song, they'd think, what are you doing? So I guess that maybe that that's what constitutes a guilty pleasure in your life. So, uh, Ronnie Millsap brought that topic to my mind. So, I will throw it out to you two. Uh, what music constitutes a guilty pleasure in your particular music taste? Guilty pleasures. This one's going to be really easy for me um, because I've got some fun poked at me about this over the years. But my probably number one guilty pleasure is John Denver, Mr. Sunshine on My Gosh Darn Shoulders. Um you know, I grew up listening to John Denver. Full of crap. Yeah. 
Oh, revert back to our love of Dumb and Dumber. Um, But yeah, um, I grew up listening to John Denver albums on the record player in my sister's room when she was gone. And, you know, I had my favorites, um, Rocky Mountain High. I absolutely uh, loved uh, Grandma's Feather Bed and Annie's Song, and you name it. And actually, my favorite Christmas special of all time was John Denver and the Muppets, which I have the soundtrack to this day. And um, nothing brings me to tears more than to hear John Denver uh, singing Christmas tunes with Kermit and Miss Piggy. So, yeah. So, a, a segue here. It made me think of something. And Todd, you didn't experience this, but uh, Brady and I were, uh, when we were in elementary school and going into junior high, our music teacher would have spring concerts play sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, one year was a, I believe it was our eighth grade year, was a kind of a country sort of, and I can't remember what it was, it was a called. knockoff hee haw. Yeah, pretty much. And John Denver's songs were a big part of that particular musical production. I think we did Grandma's Feather Bed, and I, it may have been another oh, one. Oh, we did uh, Country Roads, Take Me Home. I know we did that. Yes, exactly. Was up here, up at the school? Yes. Yes. Okay. I remember some sort of program. Uh, were they doing those when you came through? No, they. I wasn't in it, but I remember going to maybe my sister – yeah, she would have been. Oh, she would have definitely yeah. been in it. Yes, and uh, but yeah, the uh, country road song because like you do it to this day. Everybody's seen the internet memes, but when it gets to the word West Virginia, you know, even back in 1984, we belted out as loud as we could. 83. Not that we were from West Virginia or anything. <laughs> no, it's just the part of the song where you bring it home, you sell it the West Virginia as loud as you can, you know. So, but yeah. Now, our West Virginia listeners, if we have any, probably are going to call us out for calling John Denver's Country Roads a guilty pleasure because they take great pride in that song. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not making they fun play of it. They their athletic events and, and all that. I'm giving it love. Um, so, Danny's song, is that? Not, not Danny, Annie. 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 Okay, I thought you said Danny. Isn't there a Danny song too? That's an old Irish uh, Danny boy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What's the uh, Anne Murray? What's the Anne Murray song? Oh, Anne Murray. There's oh, another. There's the. the uh, hey, my dad, who did not like any music past the year 1950, basically, um, I would say that my dad had stodgy taste in music, even for his generation, his own generation. But um, my dad loved Anne Murray. But see, what was? Well, yeah, she had a song about a snow owl. Snowbird, or didn't snowbird, she? snowbird. That was it. Yes. <laughs> I'm not so sure any of them were her actual songs. Didn't she just cover them? Oh no, no. She had a well. See, that's hard for me to tell because as a Ute, I had like there was like two different Anne Murray's greatest hits albums. So I honestly don't know which ones were hers, and you know which ones were covers, but I think when I think of my Anne Murray listening days, I think that they were her own tunes. Yeah. They, they, I'm pretty sure they were her own songs. Okay. Cause I know she had a, could I have this dance? That's it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought she had a song called Danny's song. What, what's the, even though we ain't got money. 
Uh, I think that's Dan Fogelberg. Yeah, kids with their darn Dan and Dan Fogelberg. There's another one. We're just we're just talking, and they're coming. All the same old Lang Syne. And Murray Fogelberg's outstanding. And Murray covered it. I just googled it. Danny's song, 1972. Wow. But I don't think that was her song. No, that was. Yeah, that's that's why I was. Maybe I was thinking that's why she did covers because I remember her doing that song. Her version of that song is the one that I remember. It was on a, um, a tape at the house. I'm going to take on my Tom Servo role here again. Todd, uh, Annie's song is the, You fill up my senses. Oh, yeah, yes. You know that one. Very <laughs> yep, yes. lute and minstrelly. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, you know, John Denver is probably my number one guilty pleasure. And, uh, oh, good gosh, you guys are going to, I could just hear the internet backlash right now, but um, I also was known to dabble time to time in the eight track scene for Roger Whitaker. <laughs> um, Over twenty five million albums sold, especially in nineteen ninety five on your uh, TV. What and, and that brought me that that came flooding back to my memory because I was walking the dog, you know, do, do the do the walk in the morning. And uh, there was a Roger Whitaker song about um, old Durham town. He had to leave old Durham town. And it was kind of like one of those pop standards, I think, from the 1940s or 50s in Britain, post-war Britain. But yeah, uh, by the way, that was former president George H.W. Bush's favorite singer. Um, really? Seriously? Yeah. Don't ask me why. It's the social studies nerd geek coming out of me. But yeah. Um. So that that was one of my guiltier pleasures. And I would say that ninety five percent of our listening audience has never heard of Roger Whitaker. But so you actually owned a Roger Whitaker album? A track. A track. A track. Yeah. You did say that. Didn't and you? we're we're rocking it old school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm going to make an if then statement here. Anything that Zom Fear covers on his pan flute can be considered a guilty pleasure, but not all guilty pleasures were covered by Zom Fear on his on his pan flute. Or Slim Whitman. Slim Whitman, absolutely. And that, that's in the Hall of Fame of mustaches right there. <laughs> or let's go farther. Richard Claterman, ladies and gentlemen. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. Anyone under 68 listening right now has no clue who you're talking about. Oh, oh, wait a minute. What was the other one? Uh, Christy Lane. Wasn't there a, Christy a, Lane. an Afro-Buffonid lady that would sing standards uh, named Christy Lane? Am I remember that correctly? Anybody? I thought she was a religious singer. Was she? I thought so. I just remember the, the one, you know, her uh, made-for-TV commercial. I was just horrified because she was wearing pajamas and singing songs. I was like, oh, this looks horrible. So, 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 and, and again, this may be some somewhere we were in the sweet spot of that sort of thing. And I don't know if Todd Todd remembers any of these. I haven't known the last ads for Roger Whitaker or Zomfier's Pan Flute or any of those things. No, Do you remember any of those no, things? I've heard of Roger Whitaker, but otherwise, I've been lost for about the last five six minutes in this conversation. <laughs> you were spared that trauma. <laughs> But, but you mentioned Dan Fogelberg. That that is a solid entry in the in the guilty pleasure topic. Is he uh, the Not run to be for confused the with guy? No. Okay. Not to be confused with John Fogerty. 
Oh uh, yeah, uh, John, that, that, that's a that's a whole. Are you saying like Creedence Clearwater Revival or John Fogarty? I'm just saying that those two names sound similar enough to where I could see some confusion between the two. Dan Fogelberg, John Fogarty. I, I'd and say the confusion a, would cease the moment that uh, the, the leader of the band. Who's the uh, who's the uh, in in uh, the leader of the band is tired and his eyes are growing old. Yeah. His blood runs through my instrument. That's Dan Fogelberg. Gotcha. Who uh, who's the um, oh who was the fictional in Eddie and the Cruisers? Who was the fictional? Oh, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown yeah, Band. John, there you go. <laughs> John Cafferty. <laughs> the dark side. Brown oh, yeah. The old Beaver Brown Band. Not to be confused with Primus and Winona's Big Brown Beaver. <laughs> Do you know, I still, I don't know any of that song except the first verse. And it, I just remember it's, Winona's got a big brown beaver. Shows it off to all of her friends. Then one day that beaver tried to leave her, so he put her under Cyclone fans. <laughs> I have never in my life heard that. Yes. You never heard that? I think that's just plain guilty. That's not a guilty <laughs> pleasure. That's just plain guilty. Yeah, I was going to say, one of the best bass players to ever play the instrument. But yeah, it's not my cup of tea musically. No, no. The, uh, I was going to, you know, to call back to your Ronnie Millsap, Eric, that definitely brings back some good memories of, you know, we went on a vacation pretty much every year. And my parents both listened to older country, which is about the only kind of country I like is old country. And uh, so we quite a bit of Ronnie Millsap and Conway Twitty, you know, Willie, Merle Haggard and George Jones and, and those guys. So uh, I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure of mine, but definitely when you brought up Ronnie Millsap, he had some good ones. He did indeed. My biggest uh, guilty. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was I was going to go through some of this list. I, I didn't want to cut you off there, though. I, I thought you were done. Well, I'm go just going to say, my, if I had to pick one guiltiest pleasure, it would be air supply. And, uh, you know, I've seen air supply in concerts. I'm not sure if you guys ever have seen air supply. I have not. Yeah. I, I, I not would like to, them. actually. I think my sister has. I've shared this story with you guys before, but I'll share it quickly. We saw them at a casino, uh, Belterra, I believe. And, yeah. and uh, it was, they had no opening act and the concert was over by eight o'clock, which I would say that the average age in the air supply band is probably early seventies. <laughs> so I, I'm guessing they had to, uh, they had to be done before their prune juice got warm. And uh, so, so we, uh, we were leaving and we stopped off at the, you know, how all the casinos have, you know, a little bar and we stopped in there cause it was, the night was still early young. And then we, there was a, they were setting up, a band was setting up in the corner. So we asked them to, Hey, you know, there's a band playing here. And, you know, what do they play? And they said, they're just, they play some blues and some rock. So we thought we'd stick around and sure enough, the band sets up and they're playing and pretty good band. And I'm standing there watching the band and I look about five to six feet over to my left and standing there is the drummer for Air Supply. And I recognized him because he was by far the youngest one in Air Supply. I would say he was 30, 35 years younger than everybody else in the band. In fact, he was he was 32 years old. I remember him telling me that. And he uh, supposedly sits, sits there playing the drums and thinking, how did I ever get this game? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I'm sure he does. And so anyway, he, he we talked to him a little bit. And he sat in and played a couple of songs with the band. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like some air supply. And back when I used to have the sign shop, I, I used to work in the sign business with my cousin, John. 
we would uh, when we wanted to get some work done, we pretty much would throw on Air Supply's greatest hits and uh, as loud as we could. No shame in our game. And and one particular night, uh, I was playing the uh, guitar part using a ruler, like a three foot ruler, uh, you know, yardstick. And uh, I was playing some air guitar, just rocking out. And uh, I'm Were facing my music out of nothing at all. Well, yes, I was. I, I, I was making. Nice. I was making all the stadiums rock in my head. But so I'm facing my cousin John. He's at the computer working. I'm facing him, and he's just looking at me like I've lost my mind. And I'm just really getting into this guitar part. And I, I, he happens to look over my shoulder. And it was what you've seen those in movies where where somebody's looking over their shoulder. They don't know they're there. And I turn around, and my uncle John is standing there, who <laughs> is, is a, a pretty serious fellow. I mean, and, and he's just sitting there staring at me like. What in the hell are you doing? You know, to rocking out of this air supply song. So that's my uh, kind of embarrassing air supply moment, but definitely a guilty pleasure. So I, I like air supply, and I don't know what it is throughout my life. I equate some songs with what what is playing in the morning when I get up. And one of those I've talked to you all before about, and this is not a guilty pleasure because I hate the song because it got me out of bed. Atlanta Miles black velvet oh yeah oh wmor and moorhead played that song every day at 7 40 and that's what was on my alarm clock every day when it went off so i hate the song <laughs> i didn't really like it much to begin with but now i hate it air supplies all out of love played every day on q102 when my sister was getting ready for school when i was in the second grade and she was getting me up for school so i never an interesting air supply connection there. That's when it was popular. It was on Q one hundred two, obviously. But yeah, um, yes, and you, that was quite a segue. But gotta love the lyric. I want you to come back and carry me home. Uh, yes. I, I this just you know triggered something of of, of a memory. Um, my sister was a big air supply fan, one of her favorites. But I remember her being slightly nonplussed. Three minute warning. What was that? Three-minute warning. Go ahead. Okay. Um, but I was allowed to go to see the Run DMC Beastie Boys concert, and my sister made the comment to my mom's like, you realize you wouldn't let me go see Air Supply when I was in high school, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. it's The funny thing is, if you see Air Supply in concert, they're kind of comical because the, I don't know, I don't know if it's Mr. Air or Mr. Supply, but one of, one of them is about seven feet tall, and he's the one that plays guitar. He's lefty, left-handed. He looks like Larry Bird, and he, he's, he plays the guitar, and then the other one's about five feet tall. So it's a very interesting dynamic they have on stage with one of them being so much taller than the other one. Doesn't the lead singer look kind of like Richard Simmons? Because I, I remember getting Richard There's, Simmons and lead singer of Air Supply mixed up when I was a kid. Yeah, well, there's really no lead singer. Like I said, they share they share the vocal duties pretty equally. The tall one and the short one do. The yeah. air supply is two guys there pretty much, and yeah. then a band backing them. But I'll, go ahead. All I know is one of them's name is Russell. Yeah. It, well, also he's it, he's covered in like, tattoos as well, which you know I have tattoos myself, so I'm not I'm not being judgmental. But you would not think, listening to air supply over the last forty years, that they would be. Tattoo dudes, if you know, right? Look like, look like bikers. That would yeah, be the like short. finding Roger Whitaker has an anarchy tattoo on his rear end or something. <laughs> I'll pass on seeing that. Yes, um, we do have a list here. 
that uh, all of us have looked at. I, I know me and Todd have. I'm not sure Brady has or not, but I'm going to go down through some of this. That uh, you discover music.com put together a 100 guilty pleasure song playlist. And uh, number one on the playlist is Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell. Uh, and again, a solid entry into this whole thing. Nice. Solid. I'm a, nice. a Glenn Campbell fan. Uh, we also have Christopher Cross. Uh, prayers out to him, by the way. I hear he has coronavirus. Yeah, I too. Christopher Cross probably could have several entries in this little topic. Um the Bee Gees, oh. uh, this particular song is Tragedy, but uh, <laughs> again, the Bee Gees probably have several that could be uh, entered into this whole thing. I would almost think that the Bee Gees were just too big to be considered a guilty pleasure, though. You know what I mean? They were a, they were a huge, huge act. So I had read one time that the Bee Gees were the first group to have a hit in four decades. They had a hit in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's a pretty impressive, yeah, yeah. Did not know that. What else you got on that list? Uh, let's see. Other things. We have uh, Dolly Parton, which we um, kind of fits in that country genre again. You still prefer her uh, I Will Always Love You over Whitney Houston's. Indeed. Um Let's see, Crystal Gale, again, another entry from the, the country music scene from the 70s. Uh, now, some of the people who they have in this list, like Daryl Hall and John Oates and Boston and Journey. Again, that's too, too big. To I, be and I'm with you on that. Too too big to be mm -hmm. gilded. Bread, another entry. <laughs> uh, several entries on this list, I'm sure. They were, uh, they were on many of the uh, singers and songwriters CDs I got for years from the time the time people bred and the the and yeah. <laughs> sister uh, uh, oh, who did Sister Golden Hair? America. 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 Yes. Uh, Pure Prairie League Amy. Hey. Uh, be another entry into that. Semi uh, Wilmington's finest. Yeah, semi-local. Pure Prairie League. Uh, patches from Clarence Carter, Brady. You've mentioned that. Oh man, your guilty pleasures. It's just guilty. Oh. It's it's awful. Um, it's the most depressing yeah. song ever. It's uh, you'll have to look up the lyrics, but it's basically this guy has to dump this girl because she's from the wrong side of town, and she ends up taking her own life. It's the most depressing song ever. That old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'll give one more here and. and I think a common thread in all of these is the seventies seem to put all these, a lot of different things on this list, but uh, England, Dan and John Ford Coley hmm. probably again, uh, have several entries into this particular guilty pleasure list. I'd like to add Slade to that. Oh, yeah. run, run away. Uh, you, you, you have Slade and then you have uh, quiet riot who, Redid all of Slade's songs <laughs> yes. in the movie. Yeah, except for Run Runaway, which is still my favorite Slade song. Oh, yes. Because that was from the 80s when Quiet Riot was stealing the rest of Slade's catalog. <laughs> and I got I, accused. Sorry, go ahead, Todd. I was just going to say, I, I think that um, this is another one of those topics. Obviously, I know we're either out of time or running close, but I, I think another one of those topics that probably could extend, because you're right, we've pretty much stuck with 70s, 80s. But I think there's probably, a, especially with us who like that kind of music, probably songs that were released in the last 20, 25 years that we would 
probably be more likely to call guilty fake Mbop by Hanson. I oh, mean, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah. something like yeah, that, yeah. that if you're a big 70s and 80s rock fan, you probably weren't an Mbop fan or a Hanson fan. A, a Hanson fan, I meant, but probably oh, an man. Mbop fan. Um, Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. I, I challenge yeah, yeah, you not to nod your head like, yeah, and shake your <laughs> hips like, yeah, when you hear that. <laughs> the lyrics are absolutely idiotic, but uh, it, it is a catchy little tune. Mambo number five by Lou Bega. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that, that's in that's in the annoying phase. <laughs> yeah, that's an annoying one. Pleasure phase. Um, All, Toto Africa is on this list. Oh, mm. heresy! That's not a guilty pleasure. That's just awesome. Well, well, I, it was yeah. given a rebirth recently by Weezer, and so yeah, indeed, yes. And yeah, we are out of time on this topic, but uh, again, we probably could extend that. That could be a whole show, yeah. maybe, but. Um, and again, we invite people to chime in on Facebook. What's your guilty pleasure in uh, your music catalog, your personal music catalog? Uh, you can leave it on Facebook. You can tweet, uh, play it by ear pod number two, and uh, just let us know what you think on that. So we're to topic number three, Brady. I believe this is you. Do I get to do it? Here I go. Yes. Okay. Now my, uh, the topic number three, the one I've chose today is um, I'm just going to loosely call it Celebrity Crushes. Now, that could be an easy topic to go down, you know, different rabbit holes and everything. But, you know, um, I want to approach it from the angle that that celebrity that when I was younger, you know, just drew me as a, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh grader. Um, and, And it's an easy one for me. Uh, my first celebrity crush, I think, was this is going to harken back to the days of Saturday afternoon when there was a show on called Solid Gold. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Solid Gold for the Uninitiated. Well, Marilyn McCoo was your celebrity crush. <laughs> was that well, a puppet? <laughs> no. Yeah. She, she, was, she was one of the ho- early hosts of Solid Gold. Uh, yes, yes. Not, not a host. It was a performer who I think I did hear was a celebrity host for a while due to some kind of circumstance. But anyway, um, I'll never... I'm oh, sorry. For those of you guys who don't know what Solid Gold is, it was a show that would count down the top 10 um, hot tunes of the week. And um, there would be some live performances but there would also be dancers in the background and uh, it was kind of a weird combo just to describe it, but I will never forget the moment where I was looking at the screen and the tide is high came on sang by Blondie and the lead singer, Debbie Harry. I was transfixed. Miss Deborah, if you're nasty, Miss Deborah, if you're nasty, (laughs) Um, there was something to 11 year old, 12 year old me. I just could not look away. She was unique looking with her wild blonde hair and lips. It's just something about her. And um, I just fell in love with Debbie Harry. And um, she was like my first celebrity crush. And that absolutely. I mean, you know, um, and she's not, you you can't dispute that she's beautiful, but she's a unique looking lady. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think I, Found myself being attracted to slightly different looking girls, thanks to Debbie Harry. So, uh, was was it Debbie Harry, or was it a product of your age that she just happened to be the first one? 
I mean, you were you were entering into that. Uh, yes, um, I, I I would I had to have been like I actually looked this up. I think I was like eleven or barely twelve when the tide is high came out. But when I saw her, you know, I, I think yes, I was coming of age where girls were becoming important to me. But more than that, you know, I was just transfixed. She was awesome. And uh, I still love that song, by the way. But um, yeah, I can't hear that song without thinking of Debbie Harry on Solid Gold. And uh, so that was definitely my first celebrity crush. Uh, in just like every other guy our age in the United States, uh, Phoebe Cates from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you know, um, you know, just that face. Everybody loved her. And um, so, yes. (laughs) Thank you, Tide. Thank you. So, uh, what about you, gentlemen? Mine two were really easy. I, I don't know about my first one. Um, I, I would say in high school. Deborah, don't call me Debbie Gibson. I have a thing for her. Absolutely. Now, Eric, for the uninitiated, two Debbies, double sir, Debbie. Yes, it is a double Debbie. Um, Eric, please explain to our listeners why you call her Deborah. Don't call me Debbie Gibson. Well, as she was uh, leaving the teeny bopper phase of her career, she tried to move into some serious singing. And she made the proclamation that she was no longer to be called Debbie. She was to be called Deborah. Ah. So I now refer to her as Deborah. Don't call me Debbie Gibson. <laughs> Would that be followed by Robert? Don't call me Robbie Goldsboro or Bobby Goldsboro. Uh, uh, you have the wrong. Yeah, I think you're. Uh, no, <laughs> you, you're you're thinking of someone different. <laughs> yes, Robbie Benson. There we go. Right, Robbie Benson. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you had her, and again, thinking back to to the eighties, I always had a thing for uh, a, uh, and this is a common one here. Uh, any fans of uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Mia Sarah, Mia Sarah, those eyes, mm-hmm. absolutely. She she was she was uh, the intelligent, like like the uh, like the smart alluring girl she wasn't your typical you know uh mall girl she was kind of different too wasn't she she was uh nicole eggert and i know what you all think of nicole eggert and <laughs> i'm, I'm too scott bayo but <laughs> she 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 was she was a crush yeah. oh yeah uh phoebe cates fiabe cates yes <laughs> boebby Phoebe, yes. Uh, and, and that's just uh, a short list. Yeah. Uh, probably others, if I think about it a little. Alyssa Milano. You can't well, be from I, our era. I think, yeah, and I think probably as each one of us talk about our own early celebrity crushes, it's probably going to, they're probably going to be some pretty common across the board. Because yeah. I was going to, go ahead. Susanna Hoffs was one of Brady's, I know. Oh, yes. Yes. Lead singer of the Bengals. I was going to go into that, uh, the whole idea of, I think I had a crush at one time on about every sitcom sister. Like, you know, <laughs> you had, you had, uh, I had a crush. I remember when you mentioned, uh, uh Alyssa Milano. So, uh, who's the boss. And then you had, uh, right. growing pains. 
one time I had a Tracy Gold Tracy Gold crush. Uh, the um, oh, I can't remember some of the other. Oh, Alf. I used to have a crush. I remember having a crush. You had a crush. Not, Alf. <laughs> Not Alf himself, but yeah, Alf had a sister. <laughs> Willie had a son Alf and a daughter. <laughs> Alf had a sister. Did she look like Alf? <laughs> but but the ones that stand out, my very first, and this would have been young, you know, very young, uh, Punky Brewster. And again, I would say we're close to the same age. So this would have been, you know, that was, I don't even know what year that show was out, but I don't even think it was a crush as in like, you know, a physical attractiveness. It was just, she just seemed really cool. And she was your saint. She was your peer. Yes. So you had this really cool kid, your age on TV. So exactly. yeah, that would be alluring. Yeah. And then we go up to, uh, Kelly Kapowski. Saved by oh, the bell. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, her name just escaped me. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. We go into, this is a bit of a stretch maybe, but you remember a show called Knott's Landing? Uh, Paige. Paige <laughs> on Knott's Landing, who was played by Nicolette Sharon. Oh. You, you you must have been the youngest Knott's <laughs> I think I was. I America. probably shouldn't have been watching it, but uh, Paige from Nicolette Sheridan, who uh, is married to, or uh, at some point was married to Harry Hamlin, the actor Harry Hamlin, didn't she all? Wasn't she also a love interest of Michael Bolton, which made me dislike him even more? I believe she. I believe they were married at one time. Yes. Yes. And to top it off, uh, this would have been, you know, a little later, but uh, TV's Topanga. Um, from, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> from uh, um, Meets World. World. Uh, I can't remember her name either. TV's Topanga. Yes, Topanga. Uh, I just called her TV's Topanga for decades <laughs> now, and that's all I know her as. If TV's Topanga is listed, we're sorry for not knowing your real name, but you're etched in our memories from that TV show. Jessica Alba was one I remember, too, having a, a pretty big crush on from my... Seventh Heaven? No, that's... Uh, um, that's the that's one Jessica Beale. Yeah, that's the one married the Timberlake. Jessica Beale. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I got to throw this out there. Go ahead. Oh, Jessica Alba was on Angel, but she was on the movie Good Luck Chuck also. And um, I never saw that yeah. movie. Idle Hands. Cult classic. That was a cult classic movie, yes. Idle Hands. Yes. But um, I, I got to throw a, a, you know, obviously all three of us are male, so this is kind of dominant uh, female celebrity crushes. But I do have one uh, man crush, celebrity man crush, and that is Paul Rudd. Uh, huge Paul Rudd fan. Uh, if, if I had to pick one famous person to go sit down and have a beer with and kind of chat – it would be it would be Paul Rudd. Just hope. So I think Paul Rudd qualifies as the ten years later version of John Cusack. I can see that. I don't think yes. John Cusack was ever as funny as Paul Rudd, but I like Cusack too. Um, if I may, like I think my uh, celebrity man crush. That's probably Matthew McConaughey because I love the movie Days to Confuse so much, and he just seems like a cool guy. Yeah, you know, um, just hang out and chit chat, listen some, some tunes, and listen to him tell stories. I'd say Matthew McConaughey be a pretty cool guy to hang out with. Seems like a good guy. I think he'd be intimidating. Yeah, he'd be intimidating. Oh, being too Why cool. So? Just too cool, too laid back. Uh, you gotta, you gotta wonder if it's real. I mean, I, everything you see from him seems like it is. Every interview, every speech, every—I mean—seems like that's just his demeanor. 
Uh, it I, does. Yeah. I mean, if you're arrested playing bongos in the nude, I'd say you're pretty laid back. <laughs> not that I want to hang out with him when he's doing that. <laughs> but um, I'm just saying that, you know, I'd say his laid backness is pretty genuine, which helps you pull off the part, you know? Yeah. So there, there's always a list available. And we kind of discussed the fact that obviously we're all male. It was going to be a crush dominated by females here conversation. But I do have a list of uh, celebrity 80s crushes that both male and female. So um, looking through this list and Cusack is right here in front of me. That's why I said Cusack and Rudd are kind of the same guy, just 10 years apart movie wise. But uh, some others on this list that may qualify uh, for the female audience. Uh, the Corys, ah. Heyman Feldman. Absolutely. Uh, uh, River Phoenix. Yes. Uh, Matt Matt Dillon. Yes. Big Matt Dillon fan. Yeah. Something about Mary, Maybe. very underrated role. Oh, absolutely. And, and Matt Dillon did a nice job of uh, kind of reinventing himself, I would say. Uh, going from that Brat Pack sort of thing in the '80s to some different sorts of well, characters he's played. More I, I would. There's a couple actually. I would think the whole cast of The Outsiders could probably probably on that list that you're looking at somewhere. And yeah, see Thomas Howell right now. He and uh, Rob Lowe, uh, Ralph Macchio. Once they wandered out of the Brown uh, County Fair and onto the screen, who wasn't in The Outsiders? Exactly. I said once they wandered out of the Brown County Macchio? Fair. Yeah, Ralph Macchio was Johnny. He was, yeah, right, right. But uh, Rob Lowe, I would put in that. You mentioned Matt Dillon. I think Rob Lowe has reinvented. I mean, think about it because he went from those serious, kind of drop dramatic roles to now he's in a lot of comedy based work. But, yeah, starting with that, uh, Wayne's um, Right. Basically, you know, when I think back of like any of the dudes on this celebrity crush list. If you went to the you know supermarket grocery store back in the day, anybody that's on the cover of Tiger Beat, basically, Tiger Beat. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew where you were going. Uh, C. Thomas Howe, Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Matthew Broderick, Kiefer Sutherland, Tom Cruise, Keanu Patrick Swayze, Keanu on Rob Lowe, You mentioned Who? Keanu uh, Reeves. I I'm just scrolling through the list. I'm sure he is. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Sheen. Chucky Sheen. You know, yeah. uh, I would say that C. Thomas uh, Howe probably had the – he didn't pan out – his career didn't pan out like you would have thought. I don't know. Probably out of all those names, he would be the least known. Right. We thought we would see Thomas Howe do much better. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 uh, John, John Stamos. Oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of the Beach Boys. Yeah. Uh, to – Two St. Elsewhere alumni are on here, Denzel Washington and Mark Harmon, yeah. which I don't know uh, how crushy people were on them or females were on them back then, maybe the older. I would say Mark Harmon, definitely. I can remember uh, a lot of Mark Harmon talk because he was the um, oh, the original movie about uh, Ted Bundy. Uh, Mark, yeah, Mark Harmon yeah. played Ted Bundy. Summer School great Outstanding movie, yes. movie. Great movie. Mark Harmon. Uh, Chris Chainsaw Slater. and Dave. <laughs> Chris. Uh, John Stamos. Yep. Did I say John Stamos? Michael J. Fox. So there's a lengthy list of male 
crushes from the 80s. So anyway. ladies out there listening, uh, definitely give us your feedback. Shoot us a, a message on Facebook, a, a post on Facebook, a tweet, and uh, let us know your celebrity crushes. And I think we all can agree. I, oh, I was getting ready to say. I know we let the serious one out. We're all going to agree on this, I bet. Uh, I'll let you say the name, but I'm betting a, 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 a tombstone actor. No. Nope. Russell? Or Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. That's where we were. I was headed. Well, you, you went old and I was going young as far as the 80s or early 90s. Any member of New Kids on the Block. Oh, yeah. Or any of those. Oh, gosh, yeah. The thing about Sam Elliott that's impressive, though, is you will see females with crushes on Sam Elliott anywhere from their 20s up to their 60s and 70s. That's pretty – that's uh, – That's correct. Oh, he does have a wide-reaching audience there. Uh, I will refrain from saying her name, but one of my coworkers from the past – uh, had such a huge crush on Sam Elliott from his Roadhouse role. She said she fell in love with Sam Elliott in Roadhouse. Yeah. And that's the Sam Elliott that she just can't get enough of. Well, I mean, Sam Elliott pretty much plays the same character in every movie he's in. I was, was going to say Sam Elliott plays <laughs> Sam Elliott. Yes. <laughs> just the mustache gets grayer. Indeed. Uh, Timer is down to a minute. Do we have anything else to add there? Uh... I don't think so. I don't. I think we got it pretty well covered. Um, so uh, we talked about the ladies and gentlemen. You're also out there. Make sure you send us your celebrity crushes from your younger years. Tell us about your celebrity crushes from today. We like all kinds of interaction. Please don't be shy. Let us know what you're thinking. So we, we, we have homework for our audience. We have what's your comfort food? What's your favorite comfort food? Uh, who's your celebrity crush? And who's your guilty music pleasure? We want to hear about all those things uh, on your tweets or on your Facebook posts. Or no one has left us a voice message on Anchor yet, which you could leave us a voice message and you could be in the show if you wanted. Be the first one to leave us a message and we will leave you a message right from your (laughs) humble host just to sweeten the pot because you want to hear from us personally. Also, I'd I'd like to point out too, you know, Fiscus mentioned earlier in the at the beginning of the podcast that we were uh, recorded. We were now practicing our uh, distancing and recording remotely. So there are some pets at all three of our homes. So if you happen to hear uh, a cat meow or a dog bark, uh, that's just a little bit of the uh, the organic product we like to bring you. It may happen occasionally. We try to keep them quiet, but. And we would also like to bring up that, hey, this is the first time we're using this technology. We're getting the bugs worked out. Um, If it sounds a little different, stay patient with us. We're going to get this worked out. Um, This was a pretty cool technological undertaking by one Mr. Eric Fiskus to get all this synced out. He did a great job um, because we're each, you could probably draw a triangle. We're about 20 miles apart from each other. We can make a perfect 20-mile triangle, but yet here we are doing this. So thank you, Eric, very, very much. And we are we are watching each other as we do this. And I do have one request, and it's that next time, uh, Brady, could you please wear clothes during the podcast? 
<laughs> well, you said you wanted to keep it natural and organic. Um, but speaking of natural and organic, um, a special thanks to go out. If you listen to our Brown County Fair episode, we want to send a shout out to Mr. Matt Young for his excellent, excellent uh, pictures that he posted on our Play It By Ear Facebook page. Um, he actually kind of had an artist rendering of the pork tender groin. <laughs> And also Brady's version of yes. the tractor pull. So uh, if you want more insight on that, you have to listen to the episode. But there is some artwork there done by Matt. So, uh, so thank you, Matt. Yes, kudos to Matt. <laughs> and again, kudos to everyone who corresponds with us through our various social media outlets. Uh, if by chance you want to email us something or leave us an email, uh, play it by your podcast 2020 at gmail.com. So again, you can find us on anchor.fm backslash play by ear podcast. You can also find us on Google podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, among others, and on Facebook, play it by ear podcast and on uh, Twitter, play it by ear pod number two at, uh, with the at sign in front of it on Twitter. So with that, uh, we thank you for joining us for episode eight. And as always, uh, we appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear podcast. Thanks again, and join us next time as we play it by ear.